Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch. We watch Blizzard because, well, that's that's the name of the site, really. We, we have no choice. Otherwise, it would just be a really strange thing to be doing. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi. I'm the host. And with me this week are two fantastic, literally fantastic, they've been exposed to Cosmic Rays hosts. Um, first up, she writes just about everything for the site, Ann Stickney. And what power would you get if you were exposed to Cosmic Ray? Um, boy, I don't know. I'm hoping for laser vision. I still, I've still got my hopes pinned on laser, eventual laser vision. I gotta tell you, I think if my haven't gotten laser vision yet, you don't have much chance. I know. I mean, they've been shooting me in the eyes pretty intensely. I go in for like a second, a second zapping in December. So I'm hoping maybe that'll kick it in, and I'll. It- become an x-men because that's that's what this was all for <laughs> See, I, was, I was under the impression you were going to go for medusa from the inhumans no do you remember her? yeah i do but but i was i was hoping more like you know I shoot the cyclops. laser beams out of the eyes cyclops but not lame <laughs> i like cyclops so i'm hurt okay well you'd be hurt then <laughs> you should introduce that that's no, fine alex is just going to complain about his lack of powers anyway i honestly think alex would get the rocky grim you know the, the thing body that's what we're having yeah with that's what i was gonna say but it's really unfortunate because i already am that but then if like oh it's superpower you're the same as always like oh <laughs> oh could i not also fly i guess he can jump i don't know the hulk jumps places that's true because i don't have a car so the ability to fly would actually help a lot yeah the I've hulk actually can get places fly. real fast because he he does that whole jumping smash things around i mean yes he leaves a trail of yeah, destruction in his wake but at the yeah. same time see i'd pay a lot of money to see alex go leaping through the sky and come crashing down leaving a crater and then jump again on his way to the supermarket because if i can't afford a car i cannot afford the expenses for that kind of collateral damage can you imagine the lawsuits Dude, he no descended from the sky the destroyed my car like well i yeah i descended from the sky because i can't afford a car i'm sorry we're in the same situation now deal with it <laughs> So anyway, if Alex can't have car, nobody can have car. Very vaguely tangentially related to that, but um, we're going to talk about top stories, I guess, because I wanted to mention this one because it kind of came out of nowhere. But um, Overwatch's Halloween terror event is live right now. And I don't recall any real news that that was going to happen until like last week when people started noticing stuff on the Taiwanese site. Well, so. there was that whole console leak where consoles listed it like a week In the early. store, and, yeah. Yeah. In the store, the Overwatch store for consoles, it had the big, like, splash screen, like, buy holiday packs. And it went down, like, they took it down a few hours later, but... It was up long enough for people to go, oh, hey, a thing, I'm going to screenshot this and plaster it all over the internet. (laughs) Yeah, um, I don't really like the skins this time around. The Mercy one... What? Like, the Mercy one is adorable, but the rest of them are like... Whatever. Dude, the Reinhardt one is great. The Reinhardt one Hulk is like Mr. Is Freeze, cool. and he's cool. And then there's also like, it looks like 76 decided to take a page. He's like, fine, Reaper's going to be goth, and you all think he's cool? Fine, I'll go to Hot Topic. I'll get some face paint. I'll make myself up. And he looks just really lame, and it's great. I think the way I'll rephrase it is I don't think they're all bad. It's that the only one that I think I would put in a lot of effort to get is the Mercy skin. Okay. If I got the others, cool, but the Mercy one is the one I want, as opposed to, like, Summer Games, there's a few of them. We're like, yep, I want Tracer, and I want this one, 
and I want uh, Zarya. But this one, I'm like, yeah, I want that Mercy skin. The rest of them, I could take it or leave it. See, I like the Anna and Reaper ones quite a lot. I think they're really cool looking. Yeah, um, the ghoul and the Pumpkin King skin. And I really I just, like Hanzo's skin because it's very... Like, his tattoo has even changed. He's like a demon type thing. And then you've got... I gotta say, though, for all the effort they put into Roadhog and, and, uh, and Junkrat, they're like the least interesting to me. I love and their they're, skins. Like, they're the poster boys. I know, but they, it's just like... I don't know. I don't know what it is. And, I uh, love Symmetra, their skins. Symmetra, they just gave her different socks. Symmetra's like generic vampire. <laughs> like, Symmetra, put on these socks with bats on it. Okay, no, no, no. She's go. also got, if you if you like zoom in and take a closer look at the skin, she's really pale and she's got the red eyes. She's supposed to be a vampire. But like, it's not, it's not really obvious that that's what she's supposed. It's like. She yeah. was the one that was invited to the Halloween party last minute and was like, ooh, what can I do? Well, I have these bat socks hanging around. I'll put yeah. those on. And... I want to know, how did they not give Soldier 76 a pumpkin head? <sighs> See, you yeah. keep going how... on about this. Yeah, how do you have a character named Jack and you don't give him pumpkin stuff? I don't have to tell you, man. It doesn't but make I, sense. I got to say this much, though. Um, I also thought Farrah's one simultaneously looked really cool and yet was kind of generic. Yeah, that's like the, well, she has the zombie skin. I thought it was pretty neat. That's the problem yeah, but, is that the details are so small and like unobtrusive that you won't notice them while you're playing Overwatch. Like Farrah is up in the sky when she's wearing her normal skin versus like her Thunderbird skin. Like you can tell from a distance that they're different. It's just like if she's using this one and she's in the sky, she's just gonna kind of look a little purple. Yeah, I, I kind of I also gonna say I don't like the Seven Soldiers and Cyclones for a different reason that Alex doesn't like it. I didn't like it because I could not tell who it was. Like, I sp- I'm sitting there for, like, five minutes going, who is that? Who's the red, pale dude? It's I think that's just because you don't play Overwatch much. Yeah, He's I was going to say, his stance made him immediately identifiable he's to me. Still, but... He still has the same silhouette. Like, this skin yeah. doesn't match his silhouette at all. It's Now, yeah, keep it... in mind that it's not it's not the silhouette. It's not the visor silhouette. But if you've got the origin skin, the Captain Morrison skin, it's really obvious who he is. Well, it's like the, um like, Commando 76 or whatever, it's he, where he wears, like, camo and he doesn't have his visor. He just has, like camo face paint or whatever <laughs> he was the one that i had a hard time with everybody else i knew who it was immediately but even farah and, and Symmetra. but i didn't i was looking at him going is, is, who is that is that lucio no, that's not lucio that doesn't make any sense lucio doesn't look anything like that who is that and like, like anna's is cool like i do like the pumpkin face but like I said, it doesn't change her enough to make me want to get it as opposed to like the mercy skin which is, I mean, is a total witch costume with the witch hat like it's different it's- see mercy skin actually looks like something you'd wear to halloween the rest of them look like they possibly turned into monsters for real mercy just looks like she's having a good time at a halloween party, yeah and that's so. kind of what i expected these to be like they were halloween costumes as opposed to oh everybody's a little ashy and gray because they're dead kind of it seems like kind of a cop-out just like oh they're a little ashy. see mercy knew about the halloween party in advance like maybe it's even her party she's putting it together so she paid extra you know close attention to her costume oh, and then Symmetra was like one of the last people to get an invite See, straight recall, up, I just think that Mercy has a Halloween costume ready at all times. Well, here's oh, the yeah, thing. Probably. No, I have each costume. Why? Oh, no reason. In one of the videos, I don't remember which one, maybe Anna's, there's like a photograph of Mercy with Torbjorn. No, that's in uh, Recall. Okay. Yeah. And it's like from a Halloween party and Mercy is wearing the witch costume. That's why I was kind of bummed because like in that postcard, Torbjorn is there and he's got like a Viking skin. So I was hoping we'd get that, but we did not. It was sad. I wanted Viking Torbjorn. Really bad. The Mercy skin, pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, but the Mercy skin is great. Um, and I was also hoping that maybe we'd get something with Winston, too, because, you know, 
See, I don't know. He dressed Honestly, up as King Kong. Yeah, best, dressed up no, as King the, Kong or something. The best Winston costume would be just wearing a sheet with eyes cut in it. <laughs> yeah, make yeah. him a ghost. <laughs> I'm a ghost, Winston. What? You're still walking around like that. Well, that's how I walk. What do you want? That would be amazing, actually, if they had just made, like, here, let's just put a sheet on Winston. <laughs> and yeah, he's got, like, peanut butter. He's got a jar of peanut butter on the outside of the thing. And he's, like, trying to get, he's like, oh, <laughs> I can't eat this. I didn't look at Bastion's skin very closely. Maybe there's details I missed, but didn't like, they wood. just, like, paint him purple? And no, he's a tombstone. He's a tombstone. He's a tombstone. If you look real close, his chest plate says R.I.P. Yeah, but he's he's like, just, it's just his regular skin painted purple with rip on the front. No, no. It's like it, he's stone. He's oh. actual like gravestones put okay. together. He looks really cool if you look at him up close. And then uh, Ganymede is like a little raven. It's pretty neat. I loved his. Anyway. So, yeah, the skins what, are in there. There are new voices. The shouldn't we? The, the new brawl? Well, yeah, I was getting to that. But there's, like, new skins, there's new voice emotes, there's new um, sprays. I think there's new a little bit of everything in there. And you get them through Halloween loot boxes, which work almost the same way as the Summer Games loot boxes, with one important exception. With the Summer Games thing, a thing that really irritated a lot of people was that all of the unique skins for the Summer Games, you couldn't buy them with currency. You had to get them from the loot box or nothing, right? Yeah. They made it so that you can actually purchase the Halloween skins with credits. Thank God. Yes. Because, uh... Now, the ones, the really cool ones that are in the brawl, okay, so the Junkrat, Roadhog, Mercy, and Reaper skins, those are 3,000 credits apiece. They are not cheap. But the, I think that's fine. Yeah, but the, the other ones, all of the other ones, I think they're like around 750 or something like that. So it's not, I mean, people have been squirreling away credits for how long anyway, so... Hey guys, now you can spend them. Yeah, and I watch <laughs> I watch a, a couple Overwatch streamers, and it was you know it was this combination of well I can't buy them with credits that's stupid, and I have all these credits from playing, but if all these events you're not gonna be able to buy anything with credits, what good are the credits that I have? Because well, what am I supposed to, to use these for? Yeah. So you know if everything was like the summer games, you just keep getting credits and credits and credits, but they're not adding anything you can spend them on. So what's the point? But if you can use them this time around, that's awesome. No, I feel like they heard that feedback loud and clear, and that's why you can actually, like, purchase the skins now, which is great. Um, anyway, so you earn the loot boxes by doing things your usual way around. It's, bas it's the same way that it worked in the Summer Games. All of the regular loot boxes have been replaced with these Halloween ones. And um, there's a new brawl. And we did the new brawl, and we streamed it, and I'm in the middle of uploading the thing and getting it put up on YouTube, but it's amazing. It's a four-player co-op brawl, um, and you could choose from Hanzo, Anna, 76, and McCree. And the four of them are investigating uh, the mad Dr. Junkenstein's castle, and you have to like defend the castle from these things that are coming to attack it. So it's like a co-op mode with a siege that's going on and you're kind of defending the gates and things like that. And it's super fun. It's so wait minute, fun. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to ask one thing. Mm -hmm. McCree is one of the four. Mm -hmm. He didn't get a Halloween costume. No, he didn't. McCree is that jerk who shows up at a Halloween party with a costume. Well, I mean, he's a cowboy. He's always a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, but he can claim he's not, I guess. But yeah, not it's weird that, that they would include somebody who didn't get a skin in the event. Especially when they gave skins to, like, you know, Bastion and, and you know, 
Farah and Symmetra. I mean, oh, that's just so weird. I don't. That's weird. That's weird. Bastion would probably be ridiculous in like a wave-based co-op mode. Oh yeah, yeah. So I guess it's a balanced thing, but it is still weird that they would include a hero that didn't get a skin. Um, I was trying to think about what they could give McCree as a skin that would be awesome, other than making him yet another zombie. I think they should make him a vampire hunter. Make him a pirate. Oh, dude, yeah, have him shoot stakes. Yeah, or he could be like Alucard from uh, Hellsang. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Why don't they do or, that? Uh, put him in like Vala's outfit from Diablo and Heroes of the Storm, including the corset. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm down with it. Sure. I would be all for that, and so would like a lot of people. <laughs> a hundreds, lot. Of hundreds people. upon hundreds of fan artists are There's on that the... like right now. The second you mentioned it. <laughs> I feel the need to draw McCree in a corset. I don't... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's already being fanfic written about this. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And um, <laughs> do we want to go into the Sombra leaks at all? Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, we could, talk, we could talk about him. I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know. You talk about it, Alex. Uh, Sombra leaked. As far as we know, um, there's no confirmation that it's legit, but the art looks legit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it looks like it's it's an Overwatch style. It looks like an Overwatch character. It seems right. So, I guess. Um, I think people have gotten so fed up with the Sombra ARG that when the leaks finally happen, everybody's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> we put so much effort into this alternate reality game that's not going anywhere. So when they finally see a picture, they're like, good, we got something. Finally, we got something. Um, a lot of comments on our site were like, oh, she looks like a cliche cyberpunk hacker hacker girl it's like you know that's what she is right <laughs> that's the character she's a cyberpunk that's... hacker girl and she looks great yeah that's pretty much what she is so i mean it suits her and everything um all of i'm interested in seeing what her actual backstory is because we had like all kinds of theories flying around about who she was or what were her origins and that kind of thing so i want to see like the definitive story surrounding that uh, yeah this we, was just a leak, so like I said, not your like you said, yeah. it's not confirmed or anything like that, but it looked pretty legit. If if the leaks are accurate, she is a former Muertos gang member who has recently joined Talon, so she's definitely uh, a bad guy if that's accurate. But we will see. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I, I do know... think she looks really cool, though. Like, she looks awesome. She looks really cool, and if you look at the website, momentincrime.com, that right now is currently sitting at 89.2585%. So yeah, this is all building up to a BlizzCon reveal. I'm, I'm sure we're well, going to see this at BlizzCon. I think people figured it out, and if the countdown continues at the same rate, it's like it'll hit 100% on the 17th of this month or something. Really? So if they're revealing her at 100%, that's before BlizzCon. Huh. Uh, what's it's like the whole the way this whole thing went down? It really seems to have like killed much of the hype for her. For all of all, but those that are like the most dedicated to this, and some of these people are what I would call arguably over dedicated because they're doing things that they shouldn't be yeah, doing. Yeah, <laughs> Kotaku post about it too. Like it's been going on since this thing started, but Kotaku made a big post rounding it all up today about how. People are so like overzealous about this. They are hacking into other players' accounts, thinking, "Oh, maybe this is connected somehow." Yeah, that's like, not connected, you guys. Don't do that. That's and I, that's I, just I, a thing you should not do ever. <laughs> I use hacking as like the short, shortened version of trying to explain the entire situation, but it's a lot more uh, social engineering. 
Um, they're getting in contact with like Blizzard support and tricking them into handing over the passwords or gave, giving access to these accounts uh, just because like they have the word or name Sombra in their account name. So if you were somebody who was like Sombra6654 or whatever as your Battle.net name, these people want into your account because they think you have something to do with it. They, they think that yeah. you have something to do with this reveal and they need to like get into your no. account to find a clue. <laughs> No, 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 you don't understand. I liked Vampire the Masquerade. That's all that was. And there was that thing really early on where, who uh, was it in one of the comics? Was it like the Soldier comic or the Soldier like cinematic where the artists used like a blurry screenshot as like a background? I want to say that was one of the Anna things, actually. There yeah. was like a blurry screenshot in the background. And when you cleared the blur, there was an email address there. Because it was like they just went to Google image search and found a, somebody's screenshot of the WoW login screen. Yeah. So people started trying it. to contact that email address thinking that that was something. It's not. <laughs> it was just a screenshot that they decided to grab off Google. It was completely irrelevant. But people right. were like, oh, this has something to do with Sombra. Let's get get access to this random person's email address. <laughs> uh, Blizzard really does not seem to know how to run an alternate reality game and it's disappointing a lot of people i think well i think that they're still like playing with it and learning how to do it because this is not something that's in their usual wheelhouse like this is not something that they do a lot of this is not something that they've ever really yeah done. it seems like there's really some fundamentals to it though that you just that seem kind of obvious like you right. need to reward people as they make their way through it like you need to trick a lot of information and people go through these puzzles in order for there to be a reward. Like, at the end, you get something. But they haven't gotten anything. It's just a countdown timer to when Blizzard was going to release stuff anyway. And there was no, like, oh, here's a little information. Here's some concept art. You unlocked this. There was none of that. It was just go through this obscure stuff. <laughs> be rewarded with a countdown timer to when we were going to tell you everything anyway. I think they need to put somebody on that if that's something that they want to continue pursuing because obviously the interest is there. Yeah. Like people are interested in doing this kind of thing and people really latched onto it and they thought it was really cool. It's just that the follow through wasn't there. Yeah, it's like Blizzard got caught up with the fun and started doing it without realizing what they were doing. Or if they were actually planning to do an ARG from the beginning, they didn't plan it very well. Either that or maybe somebody, maybe we all just collectively missed a really big clue that would have revealed the whole thing. And Blizzard was like, come on, guys, somebody has to get it eventually. Well, I mean, that's kind of a <laughs> fundamental part of ARGs, too. Like, if yeah. your target audience who is fanatic and is participating, is having fun, if they get stuck... If they've been stuck for like weeks, you nudge them in the right direction. You know, you give them a little more to work with. You don't spoil it. But if they are genuinely stuck, you help them. <laughs> like, like you can't. Their ability to solve your puzzle is part of your hype. Like that's part of the marketing. People have to be able to solve it. So if they actually get stuck, if you don't help them, you've blown your hype. And Blizzard just kind of let it get to this point where people are staring at a timer. Yeah. And like I said, I think it's something where they could legitimately do something with this if they wanted to, but they need to actually dedicate themselves to that and maybe get, you know, a small team working actively on that yeah. instead of, oh, we're just going to throw something in this video for funsies. Let's see if they figure it out. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. And like, it's something Valve, they should take advantage of, though. Because I mean, like I said... Valve has done some really amazing ones. Yeah. Um, what's, the comp what's the company that made Halo? I can't remember this. I don't know. I want to talk about Legion, though. All right. 
whatever. But okay. other game companies have done really good ones, and that Blizzard let this one fall so flat is really disappointing. Okay. It's like with the developer Q and A this Friday. I want to mention. It's yeah, Legion. That's happening. It's um the reason I want to talk about it is because I want to know more stuff about Patch 7.1 because that's at this point we've been told we're getting a lot of things in Patch 7.1. We've been right. told we're going to get more world quests. We've been told they're going to advance the storyline in Suramar. We've been told they're going to get um the the Karazhan five man mega dungeon thing. I know you hate mega dungeon. I'm oh, sorry. Um but I, I we've been told we're going to get the Trials of Valor raid which is going to cap off the Suramar. See, I keep doing this. It's going to cap off the Stormheim storyline. So uh, I'm interested in seeing exactly what they're going to talk about this Friday. Um, yeah, they it, are taking questions. Ian Hazakostas is going to be there. So it's going to be him. And all he's going to be talking about is 7.1. Like all of the questions that they're taking, are they want them focused on patch 7.1. Yeah, yeah. Um, 7.1 has seemed pretty low-key so far, despite all the content in it. But I think I'm okay with that. Well, I'd rather that it be a good patch than I get told how great it's going to be for months and months and then it yeah. isn't good. <laughs> but one of the things I'm really interested in is how they're going to advance the Suramar storyline. Because we've been told that it's going to advance Suramar. Um, the, one of the rumors, this is a rumor, this is not confirmed, nobody at Blizzard has said anything about this. This is purely a rumor, but one of the rumors we've heard is that it's going to finally, we're going to finally see the Horde and Alliance doing something. Well, um, uh, that a lot of that quest line is accessible and that has been in places. Um, pretty much all of the main players in it are the various elf women, which is pretty awesome. Okay, well, you don't need to spoil it any further than that because I haven't looked into it at all, Alex. <laughs> what's, what's what we exist to do? We're called Blizzard Watch, for God's sake. I'm not uh, watching that right now because I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> it's elf ladies doing elfish stuff and it seems pretty awesome elf things is great i am all for more elf things i'm if glad we just I, have elf the, stuff all the time yeah this is the expansion that. of elf stuff and i am i am totally down for all of the elf stuff they want to throw at us so well i, I actually race changed well in race change i actually leveled up a new night elf warrior just to have a night elf for this expansion yeah i race changed my priest from human to night elf for that reason <laughs> yeah uh in terms of like in terms of like Sormar, one of the things that uh, this isn't going to be a spoiler for anything, but one of the things I'm noticing that other other zones have not had this ability because they start off as leveling zones first and foremost. Since Sormar starts off as a 110 zone, it really does feel like it's almost the best unfolding part of the expansion we've had because it keeps you keep getting more stuff to do as you go through it. It evolves. Um, yeah. I love it. And one of the things I want, I really want them to keep this in mind going forward in future expansions. And I actually hope that when they do the next expansion, that the leveling zones have this ability built into them as well, uh, because it would be nice. Like, I actually really like Stormheim. I think it's a beautiful zone, but I really only go back there when it's an emissary day. Like, I don't have any reason to go back there. Otherwise, is it an emissary day or do, are they dropping? Is there really good loot or like, do I really need resources? That's the case with most of the zones like Valshara or... I go to Azuna more often because I kind of like Azuna. I kind of have a soft spot for it. Um, but in general, like, and High Mountain, I never go to unless I, it's an emissary week. Like, I avoid High Mountain. It's funny. I think our tastes and zones are opposing, but I don't think that's a surprise. No, it's not. My problem with High Mountain is simply that I don't like that it is so multi-level that it is very easy to not be able to get directly to a place that seems to be right next to another place. The flight paths in High Mountain are pretty good, though. Like, if you, you mm. need to go to the upper tier, you go to, like, Witchwood. Or if it's on, like, the lower tier, you go to High Mountain. 
or but a lot Skyhorn. of times I can't tell, like, it looks like it's right next to Skyhorn, but it isn't. It's actually close to the water and you, you can't get there from Skyhorn, but Skyhorn's the closest flight point, but nope, you shouldn't have gone there. You should have gone here instead and then run down the coast. That kind of stuff happens all the time in high mountain and I don't like it. So I, I honestly think that Suramar is the best example of a zone that even when it has different terrain and different features, it unfolds in such a way that I can get to all of them. I know where they are. I've learned the zone in yeah. a way that I never did for High Mountain. High Mountain, I never learned it. I just got through it as fast as possible and I moved on. Yeah. But Suramar teaches you, okay, Felsol Hold is like this. Uh, scenario, the Crimson Thicket's like this. This place is like this. So you you know where they are and you know how to get to them. Yeah, in that sense, I'm kind of... I think I'll be sad after 7.1 because Suramar, like, is Suramar's story ending? And if it is, you know, do we get more stories after that? Because Suramar has been, like, the 110 focus. And if we don't have another zone doing that kind of stuff, like, that really awesome element will kind of be gone for the rest of the expansion. So oh, here's, I definitely don't think it's done. Here's, here's my weird observations, right? Because I've been playing Legion, obviously, right along with the rest of you for a while now. Because of the level balancing, right, where you can go to any zone at any level and everything kind of scales to you, because of that, it feels like the only thing that's really splitting one zone from another is is how everything has its own, like, story, like, overarching storyline. But more importantly, um, the scenery. Like, as... Azuna looks way different from High Mountain, so that separates them as a zone, right? But other than that, it feels like it could all be, like, the island is just one big zone, and we happen to be progressing through it wherever. Yeah. Suramar feels like a smaller version of that, because there are sections of Suramar that are really visually distinct from other sections. Yeah, and we were talking about it a little bit in our pre-show, but, like, uh, how, like, certain... Like, there's an area of Suramar that's very much Stormheim, and there's an area of Suramar that's very much Valshara. And you kind of get that aesthetically, too. It's like a like miniaturized version of yeah, the entirety like of the Broken Isles in Azuna, one section. Azuna, Valshara, and High Mountain, and Stormheim, they all look distinct from each other. But there are portions of Suramar where it borders those zones where you can see Suramar is part of this grander area. Right. Suramar kind of brings the whole expansion together. So I'm just well, kind of curious, though, like if if this is how it's feeling right now. And Suramar, Suramar feels really good when you're leveling through it. It feels great because, like you said, the story is evolving as you move along and everything else is kind of evolving with you. I'm wondering if this is like an approach that they should take for later expansions where, you know, zones aren't really divided by story arcs or anything like that where it's just a continually evolving experience i don't know if you could do it on the entire expansion that i would maybe we could maybe you couldn't but one of the things i like about for instance one of the things i like about valsharad to high mountain when i go to them is that there is an actual physical continuity between valsharad and high mountain like valsharad is the lowlands and high mountain is high mountain it's the mountainous area above it yeah and there's places in between that are you know very druidic and very much it's like the two societies kind of agree this place is sacred. Um, and Azuna, like when you go to Azuna and you're looking up, like from the, there's that winery mm-hmm. and across from the vineyards, there's that's where Valshara is. It's literally just across that strait. And you can see like it, there's a beach area, like a lowlandy beach area where the water comes in that both areas share. 
that it's it's not exactly like it's the same on the Valshara side as it is on the Azuna side, and it forms a really natural boundary, and it's also like its own little place where there's like some quests there and some mobs there. I like that element. So it's in a way the entire Broken Isles feels like Suramar. It's kind of the opposite of what you just said. Like the entire Broken Isles is like a big version of Suramar at the same time that Suramar is a microcosm of the Broken Isles. There's there's kind of an it just they works feed really into well together. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like um the lines are like there's definitely those places and I was kind of going to mention how there's certain world quests in Valshara where instead I fly to High Mountain and like ride down. So there, yeah, you're right that those areas exist, but it still feels like the like border is harder. Like mm-hmm. where Azuna and Valshara split. Like there's that river that cuts it right in half, where it's like you, you cross this river, you're in a different zone. Um, and there's still shared spaces, but it seems like Suramar, they actually kind of blend into each other without well, Suramar those borderlines. What's really interesting is that Suramar's, the, the place where Suramar blends into Azuna is literally the, the, the lay ruins of Zarkenar or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's right there. Like if you keep going, you will be in Suramar. Mm-hmm. And it's that's why the stru- the structure is so infested with high with with you know night falling because this is where where else would they go? Of course they're gonna go here. They got chucked right out. There. That's where they are. <laughs> and it, it they it does again it it it's like the the trans the transitional places like the one place that has the the, the hardest ones is Stormheim to High Mountain. Really? Because I think that like riding up the mountain there, it's actually a pretty smooth transition because you're riding up the mountain trail. But it. But the mountain trail is itself the definition. You know, you know, you're going up into high mountain because you're literally going up into high mountain. Yeah, like, and I like that. I think it's kind of like a gradual sort of. You leave behind the lower level scenery, and as you go up, all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's colder up here. Oh, there's snow up here. Oh, look, there's like, Torin up here. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a world quest where you actually have to stop the the Stormheim Valkyr from a Rykul from attacking. Yeah. Like there's actually a quest where you're like they're straight up the torn are like, no, you can't come up here. Yeah. And I, I, that's to me like that's that place where that quest is, is the real border between the two zones. Yeah. And that that zone's act, but that quest is actually deep in High Mountain. It's not in Stormheim. It's not even it's not even really close to Stormheim. You can ride for another three or four minutes before you hit Stormheim. I like that the, the zone transition has give and take that it's not just, OK, you are now in High Mountain. Only you felt like you were in High Mountain, just, you know, quite a while ago, but now you absolutely are because the torrent will not let you up from this point. I think we're kind of getting off into tangents here, though, and maybe we should get to emails. <laughs> okay, I like well, those conversations, though. Me sometimes. too. Sometimes but, we got to talk about what we want to talk about. <laughs> well, at any rate, uh, as we always do, the emails. Um, please send your emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Um, it's really helpful if you put in the header of the email which show it's for. Uh, a lot of people did this week, so thank you for that. By, by the way, it's very helpful. Um, and as always the case, if you can keep them short, that's cool. It helps us quite a bit. Um, we we have one possible long letter this week that we might get to or we might not. But in general, it, it is helpful if you can kind of cut it down. We've been rambling a lot today. I don't know how many of these we're going to get to. <laughs> we well, may have to carry some over to next week. So Let's jump to them. Yep. Okay, so our first email doesn't actually have a name attached to it, unfortunately, but they say, Hello, Alex, Anne, and Rossi. I play a female dwarf shaman, and I've been thinking about the relationship between shaman and the black dragon flight. We know that the black dragons under the earth warder Neltharion were charged with dominion over the earth, and that this proximity to deep places allowed the old gods to more easily corrupt Neltharion. I have two questions about this. First up, do you think shaman are more susceptible to old god corruption because of this? 
Um, secondly, what exactly does dominion over the earth mean for black dragons? Blue dragons are masters of the arcane. Bronze dragons can manipulate time. Are, were black dragons masters of the elements or earth magic? I love listening to all of you every week, especially because your personalities are very different and complementary. That is such a nice way to say that, wow, y'all <laughs> argue with each other a lot. <laughs> so thank and now you. to prove it, here's my answer on this question. Well, I was going to say for question number two, dominion over the earth, they shaped the earth. They like burrowed out caverns and things like that. They were. There's a real, there's a really cool bit in the cataclysm um, art book. Yeah. Book. Talk about that. They, they talk about um, before he went crazy. Deathwing used to deliberately create Earth features to b maximize peace between different groups on Azeroth. Um, he'd keep trolls and elves from fighting subtly. He'd he'd keep the the Valkyr and the Vrykul up north. I'm to, gonna put a mountain down. range between these yeah. guys. <laughs> he know? deliberately he deliberately did that kind of stuff. That was the kind of thing the Black Dragons did when he was you know when he was still you know Neltharian. And when he went crazy, the, the Night Elves call him Zaxxus, not because of what he did during the, the war, you know, the, the, the War of the Ancients. They call him Zaxxus because he deliberately lowered those barriers and put people into contact so they would fight. That was his that's his revenge. So that when you say dominion over the earth, they're not kidding. Like he can control the earth. He can make mountain ranges come up and go down like he wasn't. That wasn't a joke. He was yeah. sincerely powerful. And note, like, the aesthetics of Deathwing in particular, but a lot of Black Dragons. It really evokes a volcano. It's the, you know, he had these, he had, he has power over the mountains, and the volcano is like the rage of the mountain. He's dripping lava. He's a, he's in, he's, it's the explosive, violent version of what he was. Yeah, and there's lots of them that have names that, that imply, like, obsidian or onyx, uh, you know, Black earth rock you know actual elements so they, they were not they weren't it wasn't a joke they were for sure they had straight up control over the ground given enough time they could do things like make mountain ranges come up and go down and deathwing had the most of this he was the he was the aspect like most red dragons like they they love life and, and honor it but it was you know it, it wasn't all of them that could control it it, it was alexstrasza alexstrasza was the one that could literally control life and in such she made the same things way grow yeah and in much the same way deathwing could control the earth. And he wasn't I, kidding. I do think there is some like overlap between the aspects. Like Alex Raza is like makes things grow and so forth, but so does Ysera. Yeah. And Ysera is also kind of like linked into like earth and soil. And even though she's like the dreamer, it's like they all had some overlap. Whereas oh, yeah, for Alex Straza and Malagos both had magic in a way, and so did Ysera have magic in a way, but Malagos was the magic god. He was the absolute. Yeah. yeah, but then, then again, if you're talking about time magic, then you're talking about Nosdormu. So there is obvious back and forth between them. And Nosdormu and the Bronze Drakes definitely seem to have some kind of control over at least sand because it's thematic to time. And thus that can, that puts them into kind of conflict. With yeah, and when you're dealing with time versus Earth, like can time like accelerate erosion and conquer earth and, and yeah so there's it's, it's it's not like there's no hard lines because i think but as for the, whether or not shamans are more susceptible to old god corruption because of this kind of but only because of a, not because of the earth thing because all elementals are uniquely vulnerable to the old gods yeah the old gods know binding magics that can control elementals shaman tend to deal with elementals so if you're a shaman and you're trying to control elementals that are corrupted, there's going to be some dangerous exposure going on. Plus, you can, like, if you remember um, Siege of Orgrimmar, 
the reason that Thrall got his butt handed to him when he went up against Garrosh was because Garrosh had basically had his evil shaman spend weeks torturing the elements for miles around him. If you're a shaman and you're like trying to draw on the power of the elements and the old gods and their corruption has completely driven the elements crazy, you don't have any power now. Yeah, and just from you know the some of the aesthetic choices they made in Cataclysm, uh, it was very much about the elements. And the Twilight's Hammer had lots of like dark shaman. It it seems right up their alley to deal with that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so our next email is from Naru, a level one ten combat rogue in Kieran Tor, U.S., who says, "Hello, Blizzard Watch podcast crew. Now, this has been on my mind since doing most of the Paladin class hall. Some might consider this Paladin and Priest spoilers." Yeah, I don't know. I looked over the email. I don't really think at this point that it's that much of a spoiler. And they say, but my question is, who are the canon leaders of each order? I ask this because during a quest for the Paladin Class Hall campaign, it's directly stated that Velen is the high priest of the priest order and not a stand-in for a player. Who do you all think are the canon leaders? I think Velen is a stand-in for the player. <laughs> like I think if you were, if, a, if that was a priest in that situation, Velen wouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, as having played through the priest class hall, not the paladin one, um, if there was like an NPC, if you're eliminating the factor of the player supposedly being in charge, if you just completely eliminate that, on the priest side, it seems like Alonsus Fowl is the one in charge. Um, Which makes sense. Yeah, he, like he pulls you into the order. Um, you know, he knows Valen and some of the other people in the class hall are powerful people, but it's he's the one who you're talking to he's the one who asks valen to do this thing once valen has a vision it's alonsus foul sending people to task like we need this you know we need x y and z to prevent valen's vision from happening alonsus foul is the guy that's in charge in the priest hall for sure yeah, see, saying he's the high priest doesn't mean he's in charge it means he's the high priest high priest could very well be like the guy who does whatever sermoning they do you know for that matter i know he's just one of the, the top guys one, if you do the paladin one it's Grace and Shadowbreaker, I would say. Yeah. Or if it's not him, then it's the other guy. And I can't remember the other guy. Um, no, I'd say Grayson. I don't remember his name either. <laughs> um, I know who you're talking about. The guy who you actually work for. Maxwell but... Tyrosius. Yes, Tyrosius. Right. It's either Tyrosius or it's Shadowbreaker. Because um, the two of them, between the two of them, they either tell you all the stuff that needs to get done or send you all the places you need to go. Um, but I tend to think of the people who... The class whole order leader types, I kind of think of them more as like it's hard to explain. The way Tyrion was all, was totem unquote in charge of the Argent Dawn, but he didn't do anything. We're the opposite. We do everything. We go out and do stuff. We're not the state back leader types. We're the okay. I'm going to go out and kill everything now. Leader we're, types. we're the active leader rather than the one that's sitting back ordering the armies around. I mean, we do do some ordering. Because obviously we've got like the whole missions and things like that. And we have like our group of dudes that we send out to do special stuff. Yeah. But it's not we're not it's, it's sitting like there the just having other people do things. It's the difference between like the people who are 100 percent in charge are not necessarily the military people and vice versa. And we are definitely like the military people. We are fighting the war. We are commanding the troops and so forth. But um, the person more qualified to do the administrative stuff, like in the priest's case, Alonso's foul, is not necessarily the person who should be doing the military stuff. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, there's different roles people play. Well, Anne's playing a shaman more than the rest of us. I haven't even leveled my shaman yet. Who would you say it is for the shamans? I, you know, when I was thinking about that, as I was going over, like, the priest stuff and the paladin stuff, and I can't think of anybody in the shaman class hall who has, like, 
who feels like they have more power over the next person. I was going to say Nobundo just because Nobundo seems to be the one everybody goes to when they have a problem. No, because Nobundo, he follows you. He ends up being well, one yeah, of your followers, but... You're in charge, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, but it's... Lots of followers have doing that for priests, he does, too. He does send you on a lot of things. Like, Nobundo does have, like, a pretty active role in getting you out there and getting you to take care of stuff. But he's not... I wouldn't call him like the leader leader i never really got that impression whereas you know in the druid class hall remulos and then the guy who's there with remulos whose name i forget those two are very obviously they're kind of like in charge and then you get to be in charge later but it still feels like they're in charge in the warrior hall i don't feel like i'm in charge of anything no you just yeah, show I... up to hang out and drink <laughs> like odin invited me to like fight stuff for him and i'm clearly doing stuff for him but i don't feel like i'm in charge of anything see i kind of do like, once you did the, the, the warrior class thing and you end up with, like, all those guys doing what you tell them to do, it does feel to me like I'm in charge. Like, once the Keepers of Ulduar are my, my backup band, then, but it's yeah. Like, I... King Imran is one of my followers, and I had to, like, persuade Odin to let me bring this guy on board. Yeah, well, I would definitely say that Odin it's Odin's house, but I happen to be using it. I, so you could argue Odin's, like, the, the top leader guy, and yeah. you're, like, the commander in charge of the general, of, of the armies. So. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that, that's the situation. Like, it feels like Odin is absolutely in charge. Like, yeah, I'm a really cool fighter, and he appreciates that I can fight stuff real good, but I'm not in charge of anything. Odin's in charge. Whereas the Death Knight one, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for the, the Death Knight campaign, but they make you Death Lord fairly quickly, and it's like... I actually feel like Mograine literally sighs in relief and steps to the side and is now your like he's your Jarvis. Okay, it's your it's your problem now. <laughs> this, this is your problem, dude. Great, you, cool. You, you can handle, have it. Just take it. Take all of it. You, you handle this. I don't want to even. I don't even want to think about having to be in charge of this. And stuff happens later on, but I'm not gonna talk about it. But I do feel like I ca I can't say for other classes because I haven't played them. Like I have no idea who who you'd say runs the Hunter Order. I mean, it should be Chandra's Featherman, but it's, I have no idea who it is. I'm, I'm always going to say it. I'm always going to find a way to work Chandra's in, so there you go. Yeah, the Hunter Hall so far with Hattie, I honestly haven't gotten that whole impression of, oh, there's one really clear leader here. There isn't. There's the one gal who, like, brought you in, and she's like, here, we're part of the Unseen Path, and da-da-da-da-da, and she sends you on the quest to go get your other... I think... I think... A lot of the times it feels like that person who is sending you to go get your other artifact weapons, it's that person. Yeah, rogues have a council. And even, like, your artifacts quests are all given to you by different people on that Yeah, council. there's, like, you get them from different people on the council, so it doesn't feel like there's one clear leader or anything. Um, yeah, from, what little I, from what little I did of the, the rogue stuff on, on the, the beta, right. it felt to me like rogues have, like, not only the council thing, you're just the public face of it. Yeah, you're the rogue kinda. that all the other rogues want to like. They shove you out, and like you're like, oh yeah, um, we're doing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> They'll like, pay the blame on you. <laughs> Jorok Ravenholt sits at the head of the table, so maybe yeah. like he's the head of the council, but there's well, still a council. In yeah, your and Ravenholt is like it's a big name as far as rogues are concerned, so he would stand out. Like fairly obviously, he stands out, but even then, he doesn't really act as the leader. And for the shaman class hall, that's I think the reason why. I don't feel like the shaman class hall has that direct leader is because the person that you get those quests from is Agra and she's not even in the class hall. She's like up above. You have to go like go out over to like where she's overlooking the maelstrom to go see her. She's not like actively in the class hall doing things. Whereas like the druid class hall Remulos is 
he's dead center. He's like in the middle of everything. <laughs> uh, warlocks, you are definitely in charge. Like there's no question. Um, the guy who was in charge is like, uh, I'm a big screw up. You have to salvage this. <laughs> and you do. And like the guy you get most, like the guy you get a lot of your quests from is one of those like treasure goblins. <laughs> he's not in charge. Um, so you're it, warlock hall. It's definitely all about you and you pulling this situation back together. Okay, well, our uh, so next... I think that's all the ones we've played. I haven't played Mage. Yeah, I haven't like really, like... I haven't done every class yet. Do yeah, I intend maybe... to? Maybe eventually, but not immediately. I've done Warrior, <laughs> Death Knight, uh, Paladin, and Demon Hunter to lesser extents, and so... Okay. Yeah, I... So our next email is from Grum, who's on Ysera, US, who says, Hello, Watchers. So I was recently doing the Light's Heart quest on my Warlock alt. During the final battle with Rakish, my two champions show up and Velen says, This is awkward. Even better, when I brought Zera's core back to my demon-infested order hall, my archivist had a line of dialogue asking if I was pranking him and wondering why such a holy relic would be stored in the heart of evil and darkness in the universe. That last one actually had me laughing out loud. Anyway, my question is this. Have you come across any similar funny moments so far in Legion? Do you think that Blizzard has finally realized they should stop reusing the same old tired jokes? After all, Harrison Jones hasn't made an appearance, and I've only found one or two poop quests. Love the show and all you do for the Blizzard community. Keep up the tremendous work. Grum. Well, uh, Does this happen, Alex? Is this a thing? Um, I, I haven't done that in my Warlock yet, so I don't know. Oh, you need I to know, go do it. There's like I mentioned King Imran before and how Odin want that and excuse my language but when you say hey can i bring imran on board odin's basically like that asshole why <laughs> yes he does uh, it's actually really funny he's like no he's terrible why would i do that and you're like because he's terrible and now he'll be our slave yeah forever. and you're basically like yeah he is a big jerk but wouldn't you love to send him on missions and do whatever you want for the rest of time and odin's like hey that sounds hilarious bring him on because uh, Odin's a big jerk, too. Yeah, Odin loves to be a jerk. Uh, I will say this, because we've talked about it before, and this is one of my favorite things. The ravens in Stormheim. Yes. That don't like night elves. It's night elves. Crack we talked about this before and i said they don't like my druid for some reason and it's not just my druid it's every night elf if you're a night yeah. elf they don't like you and i went I, I i went i was basically someone had asked about it in the queue today so i went and took a screenshot of my character standing next to them because the whole time i'm standing there they call derisively they shuffle around looking at me suspiciously they don't like night elves they, and it's hilarious to me they're real open about it um let me think what else there is actually quite a lot of stuff like oh the, the dalaran npcs like and not just dalaran npcs in general will react to your artifact in various ways yes depending on what art it is what class you are the death knight acts people in dalaran are just like is that thing grinning at me <laughs> and every time that happens i laugh i don't know i think that's one i uh... on, if, i think i don't know if it happens to other classes but one of those reactions to dalaran actually really irritates me if you are a paladin with ashbringer Apple bow will throw apples into your bag. It's like, dude, stop putting apples in my bags. I don't want your apples. These are like level one characters. What do I do with this? I have to throw it away now or eat it or something. Stop. Look, putting he's just in my trying bags. to be nice. I don't want your freaking apples. Like, they don't they grow on him? Am I not eating him if I eat that? He, he just wants to bond, Alex. He, like, ripped his <laughs> hair out and put it on a plate for me to eat. Stop. 
If his hair is made of food. Uh, the Shaman Glass Hall is full of all kinds of NPCs and characters, but I think my favorite, you get him when you go get the uh, Restoration Class artifact weapon, and that would be Grash. And Grash is a sea giant, and he doesn't talk so good, <laughs> but he's hysterical. <laughs> so after you finish getting the artifact, he shows up in your garrison, or not your garrison, your order hall. He shows up in your order hall along with the pandaren gal that was with you and she's trying to teach him how to do the panda dance like they actually have like this little vignette thing going in there where she's teaching him how to do it that's awesome yeah and he's like gosh learn panda dance he talks like the hulk it's so funny <laughs> and then uh the druid class hall uh, the druid class hall i mean you've got my loon in the druid class hall which is fun enough but then you've also got brightwing in the druid class hall and brightwing has you do a bunch of quests and she's just as creepy as she is in heroes of the storm so i love that too i don't know if this is supposed to be humor or what it's supposed to be but one of the warlock followers is a worgen warlock and he doesn't talk like he makes like mumbly noises or just like ellipses when he's supposed to have dialogue and if you look at him he actually has like a metal muzzle on his face oh my gosh (laughs) and it's like they locked a muzzle on this guy. <laughs> so it's like, did he try what eating he somebody? was saying that they did that to him? It's like, did they not want him to talk? Or were they afraid this worgen was going to start eating them? But yeah, he has like a Deathwing jaw kind of thing covering his mouth. So he can't talk because he's locked in like an iron mask. I don't know if that's supposed to be humor or creepy or what it's supposed to be, but it's kind of messed up. Have you noticed anything else, Rossi? Uh, well, no, because the warrior class all doesn't have a lot of... It's got a lot of very cool NPCs. Um, the the person that teleports you, um, every so often she says things like, "Someday I will come for you." Oh. It's like, thanks. <laughs> that makes that's helping with the morale, lady. Thanks, that helps. Great, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Um, so our next email is from an anonymous Lorewalker who says, Salutations, Watchers. I used to play WoW back in the Cata early mist days, but I haven't touched it since. I still love the world and lore, and listening to the podcast has really gotten the old itch fired up again. After all my friends quit playing, though, I swore off subscription-based gaming for good, I thought. Everyone gushes about how good Legion is. Is it really worth it to come back after all this time? Thanks for keeping this lost spirit entertained. Anonymous Lorewalker. Yes. <laughs> um, I, will I might say, be biased. I don't know. Here's here's my caveat. Like, if you pulled out of WoW in subscription gaming because you have like addiction concerns, which are legitimate concerns, if you're that kind of person and you feel like your life is better without WoW in it, don't come back. Stick by that. Like, yeah. if you think life has improved because you aren't playing WoW x number of hours a day or a week, don't play it. Don't even tempt yourself. Like, you're out. Stay out. If you're okay with that and you can temper yourself and you want to play wow again play it legion's fun legion's good is it going to be good forever i don't know for now yeah there's a lot of good stuff to do it's a lot of fun yeah i'll I'll say this much um mists was probably like Mists was one of my favorite expansions i i I really enjoyed mists of pandaria and honestly i have to say that i think legion has done a much better job of organizing non-dungeon non-raid content for you to do like i there are days i don't do anything but world quests and i'm happy with it i don't feel like i'm oh god i have to grind rep oh god i have to go to this place and do all their daily quests i just look at the world quest map 
pick a places I want to go, go there and do stuff. And I'm, I'm fine with it. It's, it's fun. And more importantly, it isn't, I mean, it is a rep grind. I am grinding rep, but I'm doing whatever I feel like. You know what I mean? There's there's a big yeah. difference. I don't even know how to put it into words exactly. It's the difference from feeling constrained and the difference of feeling like it's in my hands. This has been probably the best tiered version of Endgame I've ever seen, where you can do like I'm doing. I'm doing normal mode rating. Probably going to start doing heroics once we get normal down, and I'm doing world quests, and that's basically what I do. I don't do a lot of dungeons. I don't do mythic dungeons. I don't do LFR. And I'm not doing mythics, mythic rating. Uh, I'm just doing the stuff I just said. And that's all I need to do. And I'm I'm feeling like rewarded. I get stuff. And, and I'm I'm not feeling stagnant or trapped in anything. Yeah, um, I agree. Like, I haven't done a lot of... Uh, I mean, I've done... I've certainly done some dungeons. I haven't done any rating. Um, I mostly do world quests and dungeons. But because of how gear works, if I wanted to jump into a dungeon or I wanted to jump into a mythic raid... I'm already geared for it just from the content I'm doing, just because of how in-game works now. Um, I don't know my eye level. I could check it right now because uh, I'm in-game for the live stream. I'm item level 853, so uh, it's pretty much good enough to jump into whatever I want whenever I want, but I haven't done raids at all yet, and I've just done what I've wanted to do, and I'm I fine. Think, I think the difference for me between the two is that I don't know. For whatever reason, Mr. Pandaria, when I hit Endgame in Mr. Pandaria, it was like, you have to grind all of these different reps to get stuff. And in order to grind this one rep over here, you have to grind this other rep over here. So it was like just chaining dailies every day. And that didn't feel good. It feels like they relaxed that somehow. And they didn't really, because it's still the same thing. It's like, you've got a set amount of quests that you can do. And they're kind of scattered all over the place. But I think the, the difference is you can pick and choose. You don't, I, I don't feel obligated to do all of them. I don't feel like I'm missing out if I don't do all of them. You know what I mean? And I don't know whether that's because my approach to the game has changed over the years or it's just all in the presentation. Because there's so I many don't... quests scattered all over the map. There's no way you could possibly do them all. But I don't really feel obligated to do them all either. You I can. just I just pick the ones that I want to do and call it good, you know? If you really want to do them all, you totally can. I've done it, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Why would you, though? <laughs> I mean, I, I like doing, you know, I will log on because I'm playing pretty casually right now. I'm not doing any rating or anything, um, but I, I log on. I look at what's available. I pick the things that I'm really interested in doing, and right now, I got to tell you, it's all Suramar for the most part. <laughs> I love Suramar so much, but I pick the things that I want to do. And then as soon as I feel like I'm starting to get a little bored or something, I'll either look and see if there's a different quest that I want to go do, or I'll just stop for the day and I'm done. And I don't feel like I'm missing out. That whole feeling of, you know, constantly feeling like you're going to miss out on something if you don't do everything, it's gone. It's just not there anymore. Um, yeah, and the, the gearing is also something that you mentioned. If you've played in previous expansions, if you play especially in Cataclysm, yeah, gearing gearing is a lot more flexible and way more to, flexible to a degree. I mean, you will not get the best gear outside of raiding. Even if your eye level is equivalent, you won't get stuff with set bonuses. You won't get the best looking stuff. But because everyone has an artifact, because you don't actually have to get weapon drops, you just have to get relics. Uh, 
there's a lot of you know you still feel pretty cool and you still look pretty good like the the quest gear is actually looks pretty good at least the plate does the quest gear looks good and then lfr they changed it so that the stuff that drops in lfr it does look like the tier sets it's just a different coloration which i appreciate but like i warlords of draenor feels so far removed from anything else i've ever played in game it's like it's like warlords is kind of receding to this bad dream that i'm not really thinking about anymore you know what i mean because the Warlord's yeah. leveling experience was really good, but once you hit endgame, it was just this crawl of nothing. Yeah, and even the little things of Warlords, like you mentioned, you know, LFR gets tier sets. Yeah. Well, when they introduced LFR, it was like that. It's just in Warlords, they decided to change their mind to give you ugly garbage. In LFR. They, they changed it, and it didn't really, it felt really kind of terrible. It's like, oh, I'm being punished because I don't want to join a raiding guild or whatever. Well, it wasn't that you were being punished or anything. And I wouldn't have minded. If they had had the different look, if that different look had actually looked decent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have to admit, when I look at the uh, Hellfire Citadel LFR set that I had, and it's got that helmet that just looks like some weird conquistador glued two helmets together and is right. wearing them like a clam on right. his face. Yeah, it just it wasn't it wasn't pretty. <laughs> and I like doing, you know, I like getting pretty stuff. So like everything in Legion right now is just the leveling experience is fantastic. And you, you don't have to, you, I have yet to feel rushed to do any, the only time where I felt rushed was when Alex was yelling at me because I hadn't gone to Suramar yet, but that's okay. He had a legit fun. reason to yell at me because Suramar is great. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm there now. I think Completely it's worth justified. coming back. I think it's worth the, coming back. But Yeah. Our consensus seems to everyone here is saying it's worth coming back. Yeah. So, if, yeah. if you had reasons for quitting, you know, stand by those reasons. But if you're just looking for something fun to do, yes. Yeah, Legion's fun. If you're looking for something fun to do, yeah, it's totally worth a subscription fee. I'm cool with it. And besides that, nowadays you can pay for your subscription with gold. So yep. if you've got a stockpile sitting there from Cataclysm and Mists, hey, cool, you can cash in on that, buy yourself some tokens, and you won't have to pay a subscription. So there you go. Um, I think that pretty much wraps us up for emails, though, because we are kind of running over on time just a little bit. So uh, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast, site, and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzardwatch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. This has been the Blizzardwatch Podcast. Thank you guys very much for being here, and we'll see you next week. 